I saw, oh my God, did you see this? I saw there was a giant fuel truck. Oh boy. Now buckle up, because when I tell you this, oh boy, holy shit. Um, I saw a story uh, coming out of Terra Linda today. A giant fuel truck, now stop me if you've heard this, uh, fell over on its side just was driving, right? A fuel truck in Terra Linda this morning, right by the Northgate Mall, just fell over on its side. Boom. Crashed hard into the asphalt. Ended up damaging. No, no, no. I, I, I want to share this. I want to share this. So don't tell me to hurry up and just get on with it already. I think we all need to know what happened. The fuel truck is just driving, right? And it's raining this morning. I should mention that. I should mention the fuel truck is driving in the rain, falls over on its side. Like what? Like what? And then here's the kicker. It just starts to pour gasoline all over the streets. A hundred gallons of gasoline, maybe a million gallons. I didn't totally read the whole story. I just saw the headline and I read the first two sentences, but this happened today. Then they shut down all the streets in town. They shut down all the streets so no one could get to work and no one could get to school. And now our town smells like shit. Our, our town smells like a refinery from 1870. Okay. So a fuel truck falls on its side and you're looking at me and saying, what does this have to do with anything? I'll tell you what this has to do with everything. The fuel truck falls and I'm smelling this in my classroom today. And, and we're all just smelling this fuel truck because it's pouring gasoline into the streets and you know what if we're being very honest right now it's like don't do that okay i, I think that's my main point that i really want to emphasize as we start this show because this is a very important episode according to me okay according to you you probably feel like it's fairly insignificant so far i understand they closed the streets i understand there was like a hundred to a million gallons of gasoline just flooding the surrounding areas and sewers and oh boy uh, but my opinion and I, look i'll say it now and i think i'm going to stand by this is don't do that don't do that if you're driving a fuel truck what, what are you doing you fell over on your side jesus jesus christ don't do that don't do that we're back after this <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Oh, 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 shit. That stuff is so silly. That's so silly, that song. But in 1993, if a basketball team wanted to get pumped up, it's like, put on Jock Jams, volume one. All right, let's go out and play some basketball. And you put on that silly song that everyone gets hyped up to. Hey! Hey! Y'all ready for this? Bow down, out, out. Now it sounds so dumb today. You listen to that. And you're like, oh boy, what is going on? That's how fast music evolves. That sounds like dummy, dummy dog shit to your ears. But at one point, that really caused athletes to get excited to compete. Makes you want to jump through a ring of fire. 
and jump on a trampoline and do a flip dunk in a mascot costume. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. My name is Josh Rosenberg. Today, we're going to be discussing things that I have not even thought about yet. All right, like fuel trucks. They, they fall over. It's like, don't do that. Don't do that. That was my main point. So now we have to get into some serious stuff because obviously that's not a well thought out opinion. That's barely insightful. But I was thinking about this. My daughter's in kindergarten. My daughter's in kindergarten. All right, stop me if you've heard this. No more stop me if you've heard this, okay? Let's retire that phrase that I'm overusing right now. And stop me if you've heard this, okay? You're just doing a solo podcast. No one's going to stop you. No one's heard this. But my daughter gets to be star of the week in Miss Ford's kindergarten class over at Vallecito. She's the star of the week. That has more meaning to this six-year-old than anything happening in our adult lives right now, right? You tell a six-year-old you're star of the week. It's like their brain explodes with possibilities. Every student gets to be star of the week. And hey, our week was shortened a little bit, okay? This is a four-day week. We had MLK Day yesterday, which is the greatest holiday on the calendar. As Martin Luther King was... Should I just get into the civil rights portion of the show? Martin Luther King is the greatest, the absolute greatest, great holiday in every way to honor that man. Uh, But it's a four-day week. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying star of the week for four days. Yeah, maybe it trickles into Savannah's uh, star of the week next week, huh? Should I be that kind of parent? Email the principal. Uh, My daughter's star of the week uh, was four days, I believe. It says in the student handbook it's supposed to be a five-day process. It's nothing. That's the point. It's nothing. It's just telling a kid you're the star of the week. Maybe they let her you know, present a poster or sit in a chair that she likes to sit in. Or have all the kids slap her five or she gets to be the line leader. Nothing, right? It's not much. But the hype that goes into it when they tell you it's your turn three weeks from now. We were doing the countdown in the house. Hey, Myla, you know, it's next week. The star of the week. And it made me realize humans just need customs. The way we shape this calendar, we need to dangle something to look forward to, don't we? Just dangle anything. That's why there's so many people you work with who are always excited about Friday. <laughs> Is it Friday yet? They say that on Tuesday. They say it on Wednesday. And by the time Thursday rolls around, they're like, I can't wait. It's Friday tomorrow. Even if these people have nothing planned over the weekend, they have nothing going on in their lives, but it's Friday. It's almost Friday. The idea is we, the humans, created a day called Friday. It's one of seven. We created all the days. We created all the calendars. We took this world, this planet that we're floating around on, and we shaped it and we packaged it in a way that is supposed to be a little more comfortable. Well, now we understand that January's here and we'll do a dry January and then February's coming up and we have holidays, man-made holidays. Humans have created holidays, holy days, and then we, we vacation at that time of year. Then it gets hot at this time of year. Okay, we didn't create the seasons. The seasons were there. The seasons we play around with, but we still get excited for a solstice, don't we? I barely know what that word means, but we love the Tropic of Capricorn and we feel very, very strongly about other tropics as well, including the Flint Tropics starring Jackie Moon. But I want to go back to my point. When you tell a little kid star of the week is coming, it doesn't even have to live up to the expectations, but we like expectations. Aren't we now in a mindset? Anyone listening, are we in a mindset where it's better to look forward to something Because it makes all of the days, all of the previous days leading up to that more fun, right? It's your birthday. People should get excited about their birthday. Number one, you're still alive. You're on the planet. 
you get another one. And number two, it's yours. It's yours. Now, it's weird that we still call them birthdays. We only had one birthday. That's when you jumped out of the womb. You fell out of the womb. A doctor guided you out of the womb. You came from that vagina. Hey, he said vagina and didn't bleep it out. You're allowed to say vagina. It's not a word that ever sounds good on the ears, but we all know the value of them. So you come out into the world and that's your real birthday. Everything else is the anniversary of your birthday, but we don't say, you know what's coming up? The anniversary of my birthday. We just say it's your birthday again it's your birthday it's my birthday and we get excited for it and what do we do we blow out a candle and we make a wish on a piece of dessert it could be cake could be a cupcake could even be inside ice cream blow it out okay okay now take it out and then does the wish come true of course not but human ritual is what's going to make this existence worthwhile it's going to give it color it's not dreary because you get to be the star of the week And to see what that does to a little girl's face, you're like, okay, I want that in my own life. What is that? It's a Niner game. Hey, the Niners are in the playoffs. And all the days leading up to it are fun because you get to think about football. Or my sister's family's visiting soon. I get to see all my nieces and nephews. And that sounds fun. Or Sebastian Maniscalco has a new stand-up special coming out soon. You know, the little things, whatever you like in life, isn't it fun to know they're coming and when they're coming and maybe plan for a trip in February? Isn't it fun you heard a new restaurant opened? Now, when you actually sit down at that restaurant and eat your meal, it's going to be like any other meal. Maybe the bites taste good, but the hype of parking your car and walking into that restaurant, that's the fun part. Thinking about what you're going to order, looking at that menu. Should we sit at the bar and have a drink? What are we going to drink once we sit at the bar and have a drink? I just love thinking about what's coming. Now, that's not mindful. We're supposed to be in this moment, right? Just this moment. Just right now. Take a breath. Ah, yeah. Ritual. What's yours? What do you look forward to? You have to have something. If you don't, then then it's safe to say sadness, deep, dark depression could set in. I have nothing to look forward to, but you're allowed to plant the seed, whatever you want. You can create a star of the week on your own calendar. Pick any day. Pick any day in the next three weeks. Just pick a a Tuesday, three weeks from now, and then match it with your favorite food. Uh Uh-huh. And what's your favorite old movie? What's your favorite old movie? Okay, and what do you like to drink? Okay, so on Tuesday, on your calendar, you could write, it's lasagna night when when Harry Met Sally is going to be on TV, and I'm going to have a little uh, Bailey's Irish cream. Why not? You just turned that random, shitty, mundane, normal Tuesday into something special. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. So I said to my high school kids, I was like, look, y'all are 16, 17 now. What if... I put all your names in a hat and every week from here until June 12th, when we say goodbye, we do a star of the week program and all of them were like, yeah, fuck you star of the week. Cause that's how teens sound. They get excited. And I was like, y'all remember that elementary school star of the week. Your name is on a star. Maybe people in the room will say nice things about you that week. Maybe I'll let you pick the exit music. I'll bump some exit music. According to you, what you want to hear, maybe we'll bring in some snacks. What's your favorite snacks? Doritos, not Cool Ranch original. Great. I'll bring in some Doritos while we work. I can make it anything. Students get excited about anything free or out of the ordinary. It's out of the ordinary. I like it. It sounds good. That's why a field trip sounds good. No matter where you go. Like as a kid, I was probably bored on 90% of the field trips. We once went to a place called Audubon Society of Birds. But you still got on a bus with your friends. And then you took me to a society of birds. 
and had someone with a fanny pack lead me around for six hours. And then this bird's beak is able to do this because the beak. And then this bird's beak is able to do that. And this bird's uh, designed to stay in that tree forever. And you look at that tree. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's so boring. I remember some of the most boring fucking field trips at Dixie. We now call it Lucas Valley Elementary, okay? Used to be Dixie. It was so boring. And Miller Creek, oh my God, the field trips were so boring. Well, maybe just to me. Maybe there were some nerds that enjoyed all the Audubon Society of Birds field trips, but not me. Not me. And the word nerd we can use again because it's cool. Whatever you're into, whatever you're nerdy about, then you're a nerd for that. Like I'm a nerd for podcasts. I'm a podcast nerd now because I like them. I like to listen to them. I like to record them once in a while. Once in a while. I like stand-up comedy, and you know what I like. You've been listening to this by now. It's episode 228. You've been on board for a while. Leave a nice rating. Leave a nice review. Please, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. We've got we've gotten to that portion of the begging. I'll pay you whatever you want. Anything from like a hundred to a million dollars if you just leave a nice review. Actually, fuck all that. Why why would I plead for that when I don't know the value? What is the value of a rating? I don't know. I don't know when people say please click like and subscribe i mean for monetary purposes i understand but there's nothing monetary happening right now in my life i live on the streets folks no you don't no you don't get back to what you were gonna say and we don't say bum and you don't say hobo and you don't even say homeless anymore i think you say unhoused isn't it crazy how words are changing and i want to not offend people i actually want to not offend people so i have to continue learning which words to say and i had this conversation with current teenagers and they said to me i had some students say you know we have a teacher who still uses the word midget and i like freaked out i was like what what because you're not supposed to it's a little person right um and when they were telling me this i was like wait why am i so shocked like, of course, there's plenty of people using that word. Of course, there's plenty of people who are not adapting and advancing in society to use words that are less offensive and less hurtful because we grandfather old people in, don't we? Like, by the time I'm in my 90s, and yes, I'm going to make it till 120, but in my 90s, there are going to be some words that I use. And I'm probably using them right now today, and they're fine to your ears. Isn't that weird to think about? I'm using words right now that are okay with everybody, but by the time I'm in my 90s, you're going to have to bleep them. All right, you're go- you can't say that, Great Grandpa Josh. Isn't it weird there's no Grandpa Joshes? It's such a youthful name. There's no Great Grandpa Joshes in the world right now, but I'll be the first. I'll be one of the first, and when I am, I'm going to say words that I don't know are offensive, and people can get on my case. It's okay. You could teach me at that age, but isn't that true that some people, once they reach a certain threshold, they're done learning? They just plateau. I guarantee. I guarantee it's not your fault. If you just plateau once you're in your 80s or 90s, you're no longer learning what's new in the world of any of the arts you're just still enjoying the arts that you liked and is that okay maybe i don't know let's stop judging everyone except we could judge one movie right now i saw one of the best movies i've seen in years folks in years grab a pen i'll wait i want you to write this down oh wait <sighs> grab a pen you have to have blue or black ink right if you have any other ink around you that's silly okay that's silly stuff get blue or black you ready okay it's called the holdovers with paul giamatti Folks, let's talk about Paul for a sec. Paul Giamatti? What do you feel right now? What do you feel deep down in your loins? What do you feel in your vestibular system all the way to your circulatory system, to your respiratory system when I say Giamatti? You tingle with joy, don't you? People love Paul Giamatti. This is as good as he could possibly be. 
The Holdovers, it's like a period piece from the 70s about a teacher at a boys' boarding school. He's very strict, but then winter break comes and they're making him stick around to be like the advisor or supervisor for these kids that are also forced to stay back at the school. And it's, oh, I don't know, one of the best movies I've ever seen. You got to see this. It's streaming on Peacock. And this podcast is brought to you by Peacock, reminding you that those are the birds with the big colorful feathers. That's not their slogan, but Peacock now has NFL games. And it just so happens to have this movie called The Holdovers. But think about Giamatti. When's the first time you saw him? Was it Private Parts with Howard Stern, Pig Vomit? You remember that character? And you're like, wait, uh, I realize this is about Howard Stern, but that actor has stolen the movie. Who is that actor? Well, he's the son of the late MLB commissioner, Bart Giamatti, but you probably already knew that. But there's no nepotism involved. He didn't go into baseball. I mean, maybe his dad made a call and made a call and made another call. Is it nepotism if you gain fame and you get your foot in the door through a completely different career path? Well, his dad, Bart... That's baseball. Paul could barely throw. There is a scene in the holdovers where he even attempts to throw a football in the snow and you could tell, yeah, that guy's not a, not an athlete. Don't you hate that when actors are supposed to do something athletic in a biopic and you're like, oof, you have no athletic skill. Uh, could, could we get a stunt double for that? It's, it's annoying. It's like uh, Kenny Powers, Eastbound and Down. Danny McBride couldn't throw a baseball, but he was supposed to be a former baseball player. It was one of the best shows ever except for that. Could someone train Danny McBride on how to throw a baseball? Because it wasn't believable. From the jump, but back to Giamatti, are you kidding? He's, he's in that category of actor where I'll see whatever he's doing. Even if the trailer looks awful, if you say, and Paul Giamatti, I'm like, I have to. I have to. That's how good he is and always is. He's at that level where you're like, just hand him the award. Just give him the Oscar already. And guess what he did with his Golden Globe? Because he already won an award. All right, it's not like I'm telling you anything you don't know. The guy's clearly one of the most revered and accomplished actors, but he got that Golden Globe and he went straight to In-N-Out Burger. I saw this on the World Wide Web. There was a picture of Paul Giamatti in a tuxedo with his Golden Globe statue just having a double-double animal style. And I was like, that's a man of the people. That's a man of the people. That's what we like out of our celebrities. Are they doing things that we do? Do they like what we like? Those celebrities on the mountaintop? I think a lot of people want their celebrities to be eccentric as well. I want them to be weird. Picture this. What if Jimi Hendrix, just, I had this thought. What if Jimi Hendrix just was, you know, a tofu-eating vegan who drank water? Drank water and tea, but he also played the guitar the same way he played the guitar. Same mystique? Same appeal? Mm, eh, I don't know. I think a lot of people want their rock stars to be rock stars. I think a lot of people want their rappers to be rappers. You know what I mean by that? You know what I mean by that. I was watching the Tom Petty documentary. He smoked so many cigarettes and I was so happy to see that. I was like, yes, keep smoking, Tom, because he was drinking tea. And I'm like, ah, I kind of wish Tom was drinking something heavy. Why? I don't know. I like the mystique. I wanted Hendrix to look like he was strung out on LSD as he's soloing with his eyes closed. I wanted Jim Morrison in the doors to look completely strung out because the mystique, I like the stories. Now, if they all were just choir boys and we like to read novels after the show and hang out with our respective families and go to sleep at a respectable hour, but the music still sounded the same, I guess we'd be fine with that. But I think a lot of us like for our crazy celebrities to be batshit fucking crazy. We want that. That's why Hunter S. Thompson was so appealing. People liked his books because they were like, he's nuts. He's doing all sorts of drugs and he's messed up. He's inebriated. He's under the influence. And my God, he could still write. Like, look, they could still do this and they could still do that. It gets celebrated. Over time, people celebrate the accomplishments of celebs who are doing it all in the midst of 
substance abuse and addiction. It gets celebrated in biopics and documentaries and lore and people write books on it. And I think if someone wants to go into those fields, here's the dangerous part. They might feel the need to adopt that lifestyle. Like what if right now there's a 12 year old guitarist who's just like, I enjoy playing the guitar and I'm a good boy or, and I'm a good girl and I'm respectful of my family and I never want to have a cigarette or an alcoholic beverage or do any drugs. But this 12 year old is like, but I kind of idolize Jimi Hendrix or Jim Morrison or Kurt Cobain or the lead singer of Sublime Bradley. Whoever it is, I kind of idolize these incredibly accomplished, famous rock stars. So I guess I like the way they dressed and I like the way they talked and I like the way they looked when they played their instruments and what, maybe I'll try. So I mean, that's such a path in the arts towards emulating the people we idolize. If you're an athlete, you don't just idolize the way these guys play sports. You want to talk like them. You want to be like them. You saw them drinking champagne. You want to drink that champagne at the club too. Hunter S. Thompson. How many people tried to emulate that guy's writing style and are currently six feet under? You can't. That's the point. You can't. A lot of people who idolize Richard Pryor. I bet in the stand-up comedy world, we're like, I just want to live that life. If a lot of these comics in the 70s and 80s were idolizing Pryor. Yeah, but... He could have been so much more prolific. Isn't that crazy to say about one of the best ever? He could have been so much more prolific. The guy was an absolute drug addict, and it's sad. But then there were a lot of copycats. And that's what's also sad, is that if the path towards ultimate success and celebrity status means that you'll sample everything that you think you're supposed to sample on your way to the top, then chances are a lot of people are just going to fall off, fall off into the ocean, slip on the gasoline puddles that that fuel truck. Don't do that. If you're driving the fuel truck, just don't. Don't fall on your side. Some people trying to be rock stars probably view all the booze, cigs, drugs as performance enhancers, but they're not kids. They're not kids. They're not kids. This episode is brought to you by D-A-R-E, Drug Abuse Resistance Education. Do you remember D.A.R.E.? I remember D.A.R.E. Now it's just a ironic t-shirt at Kohl's. It's probably a graphic tee where kids are wearing D.A.R.E. shirts and they don't know what it was, but I know what D.A.R.E. was. The cops would come to our school. I'm talking Dixie memories again. It's called Lucas Valley, sir. Watch your tongue. Watch your lip. Okay, watch your mouth. You call it Lucas Valley around these parts. The cops would come to our classrooms and teach us what not to do. Don't do the drugs. Don't do the abuse. Here's the resistance. Here's the education. And they would have us do art projects. We'd make poems and write songs about staying sober and not doing that. And thanks, Nancy Reagan, for bringing it into the schools. Just say no. Just say no. Right? Did it work? Of course it didn't work. Isn't that weird when the adults are supposed to plan something that sounds good for the kids and it absolutely backfires and doesn't? work at all who's not doing drugs because they had dare yeah you know something i'm at a party and they pass a blunt my way about 16 17 years old and this is high grade chronic rolled in a swisher suite and when it came time i grabbed it i still grabbed it. and when i brought it to my lips i thought to myself nope no way Mr. Lowasser would not have wanted that the cops who showed up at dixie in fifth grade and educated me with that famous dare program well they got through to me and I think I'm just going to keep passing this blunt to my left. Pass the Dutchie from the left and side. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Keep passing it. Do not inhale. Don't take a tug of that. You don't need it. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh,
me and me shall come and say some of them ask me when me get it from her. Some of them ask me when me get it from her. I told them no no, it's from creation. I told them no no, it's all from creation. What a bum bum. What if your dream is to be a reggae star? You know you're smoking some weed. Some of these career paths go hand in hand with substance abuse and kids. I'm here to tell you that and a nickel won't get you a hot cup of jack squat. Don't know what that means, but I think we're going to end this episode soon because I got to pick up one of my daughters and then I got announcing tonight and I got to do mock trial stuff. It's the busy time of year. What are you doing this time of year? Honestly, what are you doing? If you're doing nothing, you should watch The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti or put something fun on a random Tuesday. Hey, make yourself the star of the week. I'll be the star of the week. Next week in this house, I'm going to be the star of the week. I'm going to just put my name on the fridge and then give everyone a pen or a pencil and a bunch of post-it notes and say, write something about me that you like. Put it on the fridge and then everyone cook my favorite meal. Let's do bagels and lox every night, all week long. And then let's watch my favorite movies every night, unless there's a Warriors game. Then we let me watch the whole Warriors game, the whole thing, all four quarters of a Warriors game. Oh, boy. You know, even when they're shitty, it's fun. That's how you know you're a real fan of a team, when you can handle how shitty they are like the Warriors are lately, and it's still fun. It's still fun for me to watch them, because I look at the bench, or I look at some young players, I go, huh, potential? Or you start thinking about trades. I'm uncomfortable with dominance. Hey, psychologists, let's analyze that. Why is it that I don't enjoy when my team is so dominant? Maybe for a year, but I like the quest. I like the journey. I like the climb. And isn't that a microcosm for life? It's not about dominating every day. It's about preparation, doing what you can do each day, taking one step, putting it in front of the other, just moving forward. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I like that the Niners are amazing right now. Oh, this is hot sports talk. You didn't know it would be this hot. Is it weird that the USS Arizona remains submerged in the waters of Oahu at Pearl Harbor? I just, I I have to ask. I have to ask. Because when you teach Pearl Harbor and how the U.S. entered World War II, officially declaring war December 8th, 1941, after an attack by the Japanese that lasted less than two hours, And for the first hour, American soldiers are like, what? What's going on? They didn't know. They didn't know. Is this friendly fire? Is this a mock raid? What are we doing? Uh, But after that, word gets out, spreads quickly. A lot of fear permeates across mainland. Your president, Franklin D. Roosevelt, he's about to declare war. Newspapers all around the world say, here comes the USA. The sleeping giant has been awakened. Okay. But what about, there's like over 1,100 men on the USS Arizona, and they're still... I mean, this is like the ghost story. When you teach this stuff, you're like, and they're still in that ship. And it's now submerged and it's immersed in the water and it's a tourist attraction. And you could pay, what, 15 bucks to walk over the bridge just to be above the USS Arizona where all of those soldiers remain because they couldn't have a proper burial for all of them. There's reasons, I don't know, but there's reasons that they never got the bodies out of there. I know this is morbid, but then you realize... We've done a lot of that when it comes to history, turned it into tourist attractions. There are people that tour death camps and concentration camps throughout Europe. Not me. No, thanks. If I'm ever taking a trip to Europe, like I'm on vacation, I I don't know if I have the stomach for that or the brain for that. 
I definitely want to study the Holocaust. I want to be informed. But the idea of do I want to go walk across the bridge above the USS Arizona? Do I want to go to the beaches of Normandy and be there? Because that's where D-Day was. There are people who chase history. And these are history buffs that really want to like take the tour, pay the money, show me where it all happened. But when it comes to like death, carnage, atrocities, destruction, no thanks, I'm good. I mean, I'll go to where some of the greatest arts or architecture or civilizations were, if you want to show me that, in the world of tourist attractions that connect with history. But I, I don't get it. Why are so many people like, I'd love to take a trip to Poland one day. I want to see some of the camps and then I want to go to Hawaii. And on my trip to Hawaii, instead of just drinking Mai Tais on the beach all day and skimboarding with the dolphins, I'd like to go to Pearl Harbor and walk above the USS Arizona. I don't, I don't get it. It's not me. It's not for me. And I'm a history teacher, so I love history. Do you love history? You do. Oh, well, thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate ya. What a bum bum. I just got a haircut and I sat down. Here's the embarrassing part. I, I got to have a very honest moment. I got a haircut just now from Kathy Pham. She's been doing my hair for years. Okay. And is she good? I think she's pretty good. Okay. This is not a advertisement for Kathy Pham over at Best Hair and Ignacio out in Novato. Okay. But I sit down in her chair each time. And when she says what you want, I say wild stuff. Today I said, how about a zero on the sides, faded high to a three on top and leave some bangs, babe. And she goes, you got it. <laughs> you got it. And I sit there and I'm not very conversational, as you know. I just like to sit there and watch the process. And hey, maybe I'll daydream or maybe my eyes will close. But barbers know by now that Rosenberg guy doesn't talk much. And two chairs over, the guy's just telling the barber all about his life and his kids and his vacations and his dreams. And it's so fucking annoying. But I, I, I can deal with it by now. I can just deal with some people who are very social in the barber chair. Not me. I'm sitting there. I'll tell you what I want. And you make it happen, Kathy. But there's something that I need to fix about myself. And that is every time my mom gets a haircut, I see her and I go, it's a little short. I'm a nice son. Don't get me wrong. I'm a very nice son. And she says the same thing. It'll look good in a couple weeks. And folks, here's the big reveal. We go to the same barber. When I moved back up in 2013 and I asked my mom, where should I go? I'm not going to Fantastic Sam's. I want to find a barber. I want to find a real shop, a barber shop. She said, well, there's this place. And Ignacio and Kathy, this nice Vietnamese lady, does my hair. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll try it. That was 10 years ago. I'm still going to Kathy. And I'm still telling my mom after every haircut, it's a little short. And then she's right. Two weeks later, it looks good. But guess what, folks? My shit's too short right now. I just went to Kathy, and my shit's too short. And I know I'd be all offended if someone's like, hey, new haircut, it's too short. You don't say that to people. When they get a haircut, you have to lie and say, I like it, right? You could see someone with the worst fucking haircut you're like whoa did you get your ears lowered hey it looks great it doesn't always look great some of us need a week or two for a haircut to look normal again and that, that's how i look right now i'll be honest so with that moment of empathy and compassion i need to stop telling my mom her hair looks too short because kathy cuts it too short i'll be going to kathy to the day i die at best hair in novato ignacio Okay, right by the Dollar Tree and Red Boy Pizza. If you need to know where I go, I hope I am getting Kathy some customers. Some here we go listeners are going to be like, hey, uh, Rosenberg sent me and he says, you know how to butcher a head 
with the best of them? And the answer is yes. Oh, yes, Kathy does. So uh, Dory and Josh getting their haircuts at Kathy. Way too short since 2013. That's how we're ending it, folks. I got to go pick up the star of the week. Uh, but I love you. I appreciate you tuning in. I'm wishing you nothing but good health and joy as you progress in your life. I always feel the need to end this way. Like we're really shutting it. Should I just Irish goodbye? I was told an Irish goodbye is when you say goodbye to nobody. You just leave a party. It's the best. Then you don't have to have anyone say, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Or should we get together in a week? You're like, no, no, no. We just accomplished that. We went to a party. Why are you planning shit? Why are you planning shit? If you say goodbye to people at the end of a party, they're like, hey, you and I should definitely play around together. Hey, do you still enjoy sushi? Should we Should we maybe in a few weeks see if we get the wives together? Fuck you. Fuck all of you. No, Irish goodbye for life. I'm out of here. All right. This episode's in the books. I'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh.